This episode is brought to you by Essentia. A better you starts with better hydration. Essentia is on a mission to inspire people to do what matters most. Their proprietary ionization process transforms water from any source into ionized alkaline water, providing water that's 99.9% pure with a pH of 9.5 or higher. Essentia Overachieving H2O, the number one ionized alkaline water. Shop now. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi everyone, welcome to series two of the Ultimate TV podcast, Soap for the Box. It's now week 10, I can't quite believe it and I'm hoping as you're listening to this the sun will be shining you've got a nice cocktail or a beer or a nice glass of wine or an orange juice and you're sat in the garden sunbathing and listening to this podcast I'm Lee Salisbury I directed all of the UK's biggest soaps for over 10 years and in this show I speak to some of the biggest stars of those shows there are two episodes every single week this season make sure you listen to the other one now But for now, I'll let you enjoy an interview with someone who's been a really important part of my life. She's a lovely, lovely person. She's a great actress, a great singer. She does everything, basically. Just enjoy. So my next guest on Soap from the Box today, her first appearance on Emmerdale was on the 11th of August 2010 as sister to Layla Harding, played by Roxy, described by the Sunday Mail as in-your-face and trashy, and by the Daily Star as a wannabe wag, couldn't be further than the truth of my guest today, Natalie Anderson. Hi! Hi! Oh my god, like that's like 11 years ago nearly I know, now. isn't it mad? When I've been doing all the notes for these podcasts, it's like, oh my god, that was so long ago and it feels yeah. like yesterday. Yeah, it feels like... I remember you joining actually, I remember you... Because <laughs> everyone was like, a girl from Wicked's joined, which we'll talk about <laughs> later. But it was, um, for me, it, I tell you what, I, I have such like vivid thoughts of where I had this pair of heels that were so high, really high. And then I was walking down into David's shop and you'll know yes, the, cobbles the cobbles on there. It's like Cory in one bit in of one village. Bit, yeah, and I was like, I had to kind of come into the shop <laughs> with an attitude in a tiny, tiny mini skirt and holding a handbag with a small child. Did I, no, did I have the small child then? I think I, I, think I, I think, did have yeah. it with me. I think that was the shock. That was the shock, yeah. But I remember trying to do it really coolly and I was like, I'm going to break my ankles. Well, Kat Tilsley said on the live episode in Courage, she had to run down the cobbles in heels. She was like one fell off. Whereas apparently Michelle Collins can... Do a full sprint on the cobbles in heels. Oh my god, no, Obviously, not me. Something. I got better, but the, also I just have to say, in my defence, it was downhill. Yeah, it is, and that path <laughs> is quite hard to walk down in normal shoes, exactly. anyway. But I always start with a memorable moment, and there's so many actually. But my memorable moment, for some reason, of you filming is, I think Snow Business came in on Christmas to do. We did like two scenes, and we yes. had a scene with you joining or David joining you. Um, outside the church, mm-hmm. and we had just the area covered. And I'll always remember it because I think. It was just, whenever you do Christmas in the village, it's magical, isn't it? Yeah, for me. Um, and it's funny because that episode, actually, um, those clips are on my show reel. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Oh. so you picked them. Um, because it was after a big emotional storyline as well, wasn't it? Yeah, so it, was, done, um, it was quite a heavy block. 
But also as well, it was very, the way it was written was very love actually. Yes, it was. That's it was, how yeah. it was written. It was written kind of very Christmassy in that bittersweet kind of Christmas. And the way that um, Alicia had kind of been treated was almost in that similar Emma Thompson moment. Yeah, so it was actually. They, they, that's the way the episode had been written. And then when we went out onto set and it was just incredible, it really was quite um, film-like. It was, you know but I, I mean? remember as really I did, special. which I always tried to do, scenes in one so yeah. I remember it being on a big crane yes. so obviously the actors go oh god we've got to get it right but <laughs> yeah. it's magical when it goes right I think definitely and we had all those beautiful lights as well yes. you know and we had the, we knew that there were going to be Christmas carols played in the back so I think that between us all we knew that it was going to be a really special moment and it was a Christmas day episode wasn't it yeah it, it? was it was Christmas yeah. day yeah. so we knew that it was going to kind of have some kind of weight to it and I think for me personally you know that you, it's always amazing when you're trusted with those kind of storylines. Yeah, so you no, want to make love it. Being given Christmas yeah, day, you want to make it like, oh as God. special and you know beautiful as possible. So I've got. I always do a little quiz, which helps me go through the chronological. Oh God! I know. <laughs> and you I know I'm competitive. Be, I think it'll be really good. Yeah, but I'm competitive as well. And then if I get it wrong, I'll be mad. <laughs> <laughs> so the first question, Natalie Anderson, like the spotlight goes down. Okay. What secret? Did Alicia? Is it Alicia or Alicia? Alicia. Alicia. Sorry. Come on, Lee. Because I've now because I've done Chelsea Halfpenny, and she was Alicia, Alicia in Casualty. Yeah. So I was like, ah. So anyway, what secret did she reveal when she thought Priya Sharma was going to let it out of the bag? Oh God! I mean, it was the big secret. Um. Oh, about the the, the child not being yes, hers. Yeah. Yes. Yes, Jacob. We will call him Jacob. Yes, Jacob. <laughs> Which, so obviously that was the big twist that you knew when you came in, didn't you? Yeah. 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 So I, we'd known all along, basically. And it was actually, between... for people who, I'm sure you watched it, but it was actually obviously <laughs> Layla's, your sister's yeah. child. Yeah. It was always really funny that because, um, yeah, because I'm, I am actually older than Roxana and it was funny because when we came in, we were trying to work it out, like, she would have been 18 or something, and I think I was about 19, 20 when with this whole adoption process yeah. came across. I, I know, I think we did have discussions about Yeah, that. we had discussions. At some point, I think we were like, were you 12 when you had yeah, it? Exactly, yeah. yeah. But yes, yeah, so that was the secret, and uh, the only person that didn't know was obviously Jacob. Yes, and obviously Jacob, who played by Joe Warren Plant, who now whenever I watch it, it's like, where the hell did Joe go? It's like him. Maisie on EastEnders. You're yeah. like, what? How did he grow up? And he's obviously doing Dancing on yeah. Ice. I was going to just ask you about, because obviously you got in the industry quite young, but Joe mm-hmm. got into it really young. Yeah. I mean, it's quite, I suppose in a way he's managed to go because it's not like he, because he was younger, he's grown up on it a bit like Eden mm. did. Yeah. But I mean, watching him go forward, making a bit, I was dancing and I would probably make him really yeah. famous. I mean, what do you think about young people in fame and in telly these days? It's really hard. You know, I, I started when I was 15 for the, working for the BBC and, and it was really tough then. And that was back in the blinking mid nineties. Yeah, know? I mean, we didn't, like, yeah, we no didn't social have social media, media no phones, or anything. Probably, yeah, yeah, nothing. And I think, you know, Joe Warren, is, he's got a really um, sensible head on him. And um, he's got an amazing family that really support him. And I think that because he's grown up in Emmerdale and, you know, he, he's got some really good role models there. Yeah, it's so, a really good family. Yeah, there, exactly. It? It really yeah, it's, is, a real, yeah. it's some amazing role models. And so for him, I think he'll be fine. I think, you know, he'll have been given great advice from so many different people. I mean, myself included throughout the time, I was always like, learn your lines, do this, yes. do that, make sure you're professional. And then <laughs> you and Matthew were like mum and dad. Yeah, really, totally like that. Yeah. So we, we kind of took on that mantle when we, when he wasn't with his parents and, you know, and I think that he's, 
he's got a really good grounded level head on him and I think that's the thing about Joe that will really stand him in good stead in the future like, and the, what I think that what's horrible like after what happened to, to Strictly last year with Maisie I think it's just the world's this really weird place that now as a confident girl she was getting slated by the press it's disgusting yeah because that you know and if you watch the final she was absolutely, absolutely the best. wonderful yeah. she was brilliant and she had so much pizzazz and character and that's what isn't that what we want from our I know, stars? But That's then what we want. That it's yeah. so mad, isn't it? And it's such a hard road to navigate. I think as a younger actor or musician. That's nowadays. why you need really good management and really good role models and people that you trust. And I think that nowadays, because we talk about mental health so much more, and because it's so much more of an open conversation, we're more thinking about protecting our young people from yes, that. Yeah, so I yeah. think we all have a duty of care to them. So moving on, who did Alicia have a brief fling with before starting a relationship with Andy Sugden? I didn't actually know this. Um, Wasn't it Carl King? No. Did you have one with him as well? Yeah, and then, okay, so maybe it was Declan? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So there were a few. It's like Sammy Winwood, hers. It's like Katie's list was like, what? Literally the village. I didn't know you had a I didn't know she had a fling with Declan. She had yeah, it well it was right at the very beginning she had a fling with Declan. Um, right. And so Carl, who Tom Liss has been on, he was mentioning about these old ways he had slept with everyone in the village. So basically, he did. Well, he didn't sleep with Alicia. Ah, okay. They didn't sleep Just together. First base. Yes, <laughs> I think they, they. She ran out on him actually. Oh right. Yeah, okay. she was like, oh, I'm not, I'm not sure about this. And then she went on to, no, that that was making Andy jealous. Ah, uh, okay. And it's a so, long time ago now, mate. <laughs> I know it is. When you were, you obviously, when you joined though, you you did spend a lot of time, and certain people do this with costume and makeup, didn't you, to make her, I read that you wanted to make her as extreme as possible. Yeah, I wanted to make her so different from me as well. And and also, when I got the role, the, the way I got my role was actually quite different to a lot of people. Like, I didn't audition for my role. You knew Gavin. You I knew Gavin, yeah. So I'd worked with Gavin. Um, he was... Um, in the press department when I was working on the Royal and Steve November who was our producer on that you know we kept in contact for a long time and so this role came up and he basically rang me and said you know will you come into the office yeah it doesn't it was like mad and I was at Wicked at the time so I went in on this Monday and he explained this girl to me and he said you know I want her to be the heels need to be higher than high the skirts need to be shorter than short she needs to have attitude she needs to be brash she needs to be he's like no disrespect to Katie Price, he said, but, you know, we want that kind of aggressive, almost Katie Price kind of brash exterior, and then we'll get to know her a bit later on. And I said, I went, oh, I don't think I can do this. (laughs) And he went, you can. I went, what do you see in me that I don't see in myself? I remember you even filming in the pub, you come in a massive dressing gown. Yeah. A, probably because it was a bit cold, but also because... uh, Obviously, the character was wearing next to nothing. Next to nothing. And and it was always like, but it it allows me. Says us, and here Natalie is sat in her (laughs) jumper. I was going to say the negligee, but obviously No, no. uh, (laughs) Yes, hello. But um, no, with costume and makeup, I always do that anyway, whatever job I'm on. Just because it really helps me find who that person is. And it also helps me kind of get the psychology of that person in terms of, you know, Alicia did what she did because she couldn't have kids. And it was the way that she felt more feminine. She felt so much more feminine because she basically wanted to portray this uber kind of feminine body, you know, which was like boobs out, legs out and everything to get attention because she didn't feel feminine in any other way, really. Yeah, yeah, and that's, yeah. it, that's really what it came down to. Well, I think like it's testament to you because then she stayed the same in that respect. I think so many actors, I've been on set and I won't name people who, have, who haven't made the effort 
and you can like their character ch- their outfit changes probably in four months when they do have an in you know like yeah. you need to go in because otherwise and no disrespect to the costume department they're amazing but obviously they're not thinking about the character as much as the actors should yeah. when they join because you have it, to hit yeah. the wrong, ground running even, I think to be popular in it absolutely and I think you do have to hit the ground running and you know it was scary for me like I said I'd not gone through that audition process where you learn to find yeah, a character yeah true and, I, and I just came straight in I'd never met my family and I literally just saw I have to have such a hold on this woman who she is where she's come from what's her backstory I remember absolutely doing Gavin's head in so I was like yeah. emailing him and you know what I'm like yeah. I like everything to be yeah. covered I was like so like, what, oh about God, this? what about this what about this what about this what about why, why couldn't she have this and why could and it just needed to have that grasp of it that's true actually you saying that because obviously again for people listening most people will go for auditions and then have screen tests with who are going to be their yeah. closest people on screen. So normally you, your part would have been with Roxy yeah. and with Matthew. Mm-hmm. Well, no, not with Matthew at the time. But with Roxy, but definitely. But with Roxy, definitely. Yeah. And so you never... The first day I met her was the first day on, on set. set. Was it? I never yeah. knew that. Oh, God. Yeah, so the first, very first day I went into... Uh, makeup and she was upstairs and then we were both changed and then we walked on to set and that was that that was the first time I wow. met her and it was unbelievable because we were obviously supposed to have this chemistry but what was clever about it you as well you instantly did though it well it was clever because there was this probably a distance yes which, which is was, what we yeah, needed because yeah. we'd not seen each other for a long time as sisters um, and then it warmed through that, so that became a natural process for us. But yeah, it was, um, it, yeah, it was costume and makeup and and all that stuff. I, I really take it really seriously because I think as well when your character changes, like when we had the later storyline at the end before I left, yeah, yeah, people knew that she'd reacted really badly because, because her whole was, character yeah. went, yeah, you know, and it showed in the clothes and the hair and everything. You can always tell when someone's going through a bad time on set because they always want you to wear no makeup. <laughs> yeah. I always used to say, argue because I used to be, people still put on makeup. No, I know. <laughs> you but don't you have say, to but be was... makeup less. <laughs> no, I, but I think that that's For what... you, yeah, no, you were in a really me, devastating was... time. And it was such a big thing of the femininity thing that yes. again, that part yeah, yeah, of the journey yeah. with yeah. her was like, now I've been too feminine. Now I've been too overtly yes. out there. So yeah, now yeah. I need to retract all of that. So it was quite complicated in that sense. It was, yeah. There are characters there, you know, who have just had to split up with someone and then they yeah. like, no makeup for three months. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right, so uh, you were born and bred in, I was going to say as well, you were born and bred in Yorkshire. So for you, you were working in Wicked in the West End. So obviously yeah. it must have been amazing to get offered a job back at home as well. Yeah, well, that's one of the things. Where were you born in Bradford? Yeah, so born in which, Bradford. Where we're sitting now in Bradford. Yes, absolutely. And funnily enough, my job on the Royal was, was, which was filled yeah, which in the hospital to, yeah. where I was born. Oh, wow. Yes, that was mad at that time. But then I went to London and um, yeah, did Wicked, which was amazing, absolutely brilliant. But I remember again in that same conversation with Gavin when he rang me and he said, do you want to come home? And I said, yes, please, I really do. Because, you know, I was newly married at the time as well. You know, James and I had just got married six months before. And then suddenly I was living in a a flat in London and he was living up at home. And that was six days a week. Well, and that is the world that we live in as well. So when you get, same for me, when I did so, you know you're there. Yeah. For a long period. Exactly. Yeah, it was just, yeah, I was ready to go home. And I, I missed Yorkshire so much. So when you were there, so uh, you, oh no, no, sorry, next question. David and, David and, Alyssa, uh, David and Alicia. Come on, Lee. I know, <laughs> declared love for each other after what happened in the wool pack. Oh, she was shot. Yes. Yeah. I know, just standard. <laughs> standard Standard day in the pub. So it was when Cameron, which I know, just reading about Cameron, I was like, oh God, I forgot about that. All was of that was an epic Like he was a huge, and you forget that Cameron held you, Chaz. 
It Costa, was you, Chaz. Debbie, Chaz, um, Alicia, David, Priya. We were all stuck in the wall. And pack. you got shot. I got shot, yeah. <laughs> it was a ricocheted bullet that went into the dartboard and then off the dartboard and into me <laughs> somehow. Um, but, and then he let, he let um, David out with a... That was it. Oh, yes. Yes, yeah, yeah. So you went to the And it was in the morning, I think. No, it was a couple of days later because she'd been shot, for God's sake. Yeah. Yeah, it was a few days later, (laughs) I think, that... Yeah, there was a declaration of love anyway, and it was all very dramatic. So, because love interest-wise, you were quite... It was Kelvin and Andy, wasn't it? Andy first, but then David kind of... Obviously, David was married... Or going out with Layla? Engaged. Engaged to Layla. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which obviously that was great though, because that kept up the dy- this weird dynamic with yeah. you and Roxy's character that was like constantly up and down, wasn't it? It was very strange, yeah. And it was always a bit, yeah, just because they they grew close when Layla left. And that was to do with money, I think. Yes. Oh my God, it's such yeah. a long time ago I know. now. To do with money. And then, and then, no, what it was, oh my God, yes, this is what it was. Alicia was going to go to prison. Do you remember? Yes. She was going to go to prison because I was going on. Yeah, but I was going on maternity leave. Yes. So I was going on. Sorry. No, it's fine. No, you got me to that actually. Just saying. So all that was going on, then you became pregnant in real life. Was it obviously, is it, I always think, is it quite worrying when you get pregnant in real life? Because you think, oh God, like as much as I want a baby, like, oh my God, what's going to happen? Yeah. I mean, I was, I was terrified. Like I, I really, really wanted to have a baby. You know, James and I had been married for like five, five years at that point, and we really wanted a child. And 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 it felt like the right time, you know, because I was in a soap, and I and the character had bedded in yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. Although it had only been twelve or thirteen months, I think, yeah. like, when I had to well, go to the office. A, I, I, said it's a risk. <laughs> I mean, I suppose the good thing about getting pregnant on a soap is that it's probably the only acting job where you can get maternity <laughs> leave. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, it is the... And actually, I think when I was pregnant, I I kind of kicked up a bit of a fuss about, you know, the, the maternity rights and stuff. And also, um, like, they, they have this questionnaire and one of the questions is about your working environment. And I was like, it's very cold. Yes, <laughs> so yeah. they brought in all these heaters. So basically... Well, I remember I was saying yeah. to Charlotte Bellamy and hers, like, her... The final storyline before she left, she said, was me doing a foreign judgment. That was cruel. And I was going, you okay? Like, this seems really wrong. Yeah, you just kind of get on with it. And were you pregnant? You obviously weren't pregnant in the show. So do you remember carrying loads of... What did you like? What what did you do costume-wise? Obviously with a girl that's known for... Well, this was it. We had a Cindy Beale bag. And I say Cindy Beale because I remember at the time... Yeah, so basically, Michelle Collins, back in EastEnders, back in the day, used to carry a bag. And I think it's when when she was pregnant. She was pregnant. So she carried a bag around. And for years, I I just heard heard about this Cindy Beale bag. (laughs) So that's what we did. We had Cindy Beale bags. We had, um, because I worked in the pub as well, we had... um, Behind the counter. Yeah, behind the counter. Massive boxes that you were moving. Boxes of crisps and all that stuff. And then what else? But we were really savvy with the costume again, costume department. We had stuff that was tight on the bust and then kind of flaring. And then again, mini skirts. So it was only kind of the middle section. (laughs) And to be honest, I think for ages, people genuinely didn't have a clue until I announced it. But then when I left, (laughs) it was like, boom, it came straight out. All I remember is you came back really quickly as well, didn't you? Because the live, was it the live coming up or something was coming up that was like, The live, yeah. And I wasn't in the live. I came back a week later, but I took, from from I think beginning to end, I think it was something mental, like 11 and a half weeks maternity leave. I know. And to be honest, that came back and bit me in the backside. Yeah, because because when you you wanted more time. yeah, Yeah, I really had to get more 
our time with But like you said, it's probably that thing of like, you don't want to be forgotten. And I think all the actors have that. Because as we've just said now about baddies, like it's very easy in six months Mm -hmm. to be forgotten from a soap. And someone else coming and replace you as well in a way. Do you know what I mean? Because they'll they'll always want the, you know, they fit, you know, they fill holes, don't they? Well, I mean, and to be fair, I think it would be fair to say that I think, um, you know, that kind of had started to happen with myself and beautiful Fiona, you know, lovely thing who I adore so much. I knew that, that we'd already been told that, Alicia would go off to prison and then David, David would, would have a relationship with Priya. Yeah. And then you kind of go, oh, oh yeah. well, I would have to go back to, you know, and it is worrying. But, yeah. you know, thankfully, um, it, I actually came back to an amazing, brilliant storyline. So it was, you know, it was really great. And obviously, David and Matthew, you're a big part of the storylines. Was it nice because Matthew's so comedy? Was it yeah. nice? Because it's like your character entered into this, even though with the sisters it was as well. But it was almost, I remember doing a scene with you both. I think you're both drunk. After winning money, was it? Yes. Something, uh, yeah. We did the ab fab scene that I'd always wanted to do with Matthew, the door opening, yeah. and he just fell onto the ground. Yes. From the car. But it must have been amazing to explore, because comedy is amazing. Well, it was great for us, actually. We were really lucky in the sense that what they wrote for us was, they basically threw everything at us. Yeah. We had stupidity. Like, <laughs> a ma- I mean, David in the dress. In oh, the yes. dress. Do you yeah. remember him yeah. in the dress? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So David in his dress, in the wedding dress, which was just ridiculous. Yeah. And then we had, you know, on the flip side of that, we really had the having to tell Jacob that I wasn't his mum. And then we had all the Lachlan storyline. And then, and then equally we had, and I think in the middle of that, we had this amazing Ross and Rachel kind of uh, yeah, yeah, storyline, yeah, which yeah, yeah. we knew that the writers were writing it that way. And it was fun for us to play because we were kids of that generation. So, you know, in terms of like coming to work and knowing the, like what will hopefully work for yeah, that yeah. audience. It was fun to play. Cause I think whenever I did scenes with you guys, it was just amazing. Cause you guys knew what the, it, yeah, it was just, you know, sometimes you just see it working so yeah. well. Do you know I what think, I mean? I think so. I think that, that, was, that was a really good, um, it, was it was a great partnership It was always all the scenes we sense. could build and build when we got on set together. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You could add, yeah. because it was so good, it's like you could make it better and better, where some are struggling to find the scene. Yeah. So with some people or some, some but stories. We, but do you know what, as well, though, we took it so seriously in the sense that, you know, we'd have conversations about the characters, we'd have conversations about, oh, we need to nip upstairs to talk about this, or we need to develop something, or yeah. all kinds of different things. We became so invested in it that actually, and as a family as well, all of us, that it, it became, um, yeah, it just became that when we went in. Onto, onto a set with something. We all already had all this like back history, yes. this backlog of Well, and that's work. what I love about you. And this was often said, obviously, that people, there's so many people who arrive to set, for people listening, who will go, oh, I hate this scene. You're like, well, you should have <laughs> gone up before about it. Yeah. But also there's the, the flip side of that, that I think actors are seen as being a bit of a nuisance now if they want to go and say, which back in the days of June Brown and stuff, I've said this, I think, to Linda Lusardi on the podcast, is that it was really respect, you know, and that's what makes longevity and makes characters work. But it's seen now bizarrely as a bit, oh, they're just being annoying. Yeah, and and, and do you know what I think that that comes from? And I understand it from a different point of view now because you, I mean, you know, and I, yeah, like, I write a lot now as well, and so and, and we've got other things going on production wise, and and now seeing it from a, a different point of view, I could understand that 
under the pressure that they're on, on, yes. on a soap with like Emmerdale. With not just one or two actors, what, with 60, 60 people, people. Having to listen to 60 people's gripes and knowing which ones are actually the ones yes, that are golden totally, nuggets yeah. and which ones aren't, that is a difficult job. And so I do understand the frustrations that must be felt from the writing team. Um, but but for me personally, I always used to try and justify everything. Yeah. You know, like when I'd be reading I know going, you would do it in such a yeah, perfect way. I'd be like... You'd be, apolog- yeah. you'd be apologising first. <laughs> yeah. I'm really, really <laughs> so, sorry. I'm really, really sorry. I'm so sorry. Yeah. But, yeah. The first thing for me, I'm so so sorry, yeah. but actually, this technically isn't quite correct. Yes, yeah, you know, it's the way you do it. That's what yeah. we learned. But because me and Kath producing the play we did last year, uh, Kath was like, "Okay, I never want to produce again." Because I was like, mm. "The part of the producing job is the conversations you never want oh, to I have." Oh, I love it. I love it, me. <laughs> That's the bit that I love so much. I kind of don't love it. I hate, but are you just going that vibe? in my personal life. Like, I was taking something back to the shop fills me with dread. Yeah. But, like, phoning someone and, you know, yeah. having a real go well, or having it's me, really actually. Mad. I wonder why. Yeah, I, I think it's because we have to do it at work. <laughs> yeah, I think so. So, you don't want to do it. Like, it's like my scheduling out of work is terrible. Whereas in work, <laughs> I like to admit it. Right, so, um, as well, you brought it up. Your leaving story was, well, just before you leave the story, but you got attacked by teenager Lachlan, a sexual attack, which obviously. I bring that up because it's it's amazing, isn't it? The powerful stories soaps can do. So again, yeah. that must have been. I mean, it sounds horrible. So great way to, but great thing to feature. It was, you know, and from an acting point of view, I think this is the amazing thing about soap as well is that you are thrown so many different curveballs, and you're you're forced to do things that you might not have got in a you know in in a different role. Yeah, you might oh, go yeah. up for a role, but you might not get that role. And within a soap. There's, there's so much opportunity for you to be able to fulfil certain things. Well, so you think in a one-off drama, you would probably have a story. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, Whereas exactly. in a soap, you can get married, yeah. shot, shot. raped, <laughs> and, and yeah. yeah. I mean, and, and that was it. You know, I remember when I went to see Kate Oates and... Um, She'd asked to come and ask me to see her, and she kind of said, "Right, this is what the storyline is." And I literally went, yeah. like my mouth <laughs> dropped, and I was like, "Okay, okay, fine, that's all right." Um, and one of the things, though, that I think she said, which I took real, um, what's the word? I, I felt really humbled that she'd said it. Actually, was that because Tom was a young actor who was playing Lachlan? She said, "You know, you." The way that you've worked with Joe Warren, oh, okay, and great, you know yeah. you're really good with the young younger cast, um, and we think it, you know it could work well. I think that was it. It was either that or that she told me at some point she felt I worked really well with the younger cast members um, as like a mentor. Right. And yeah. so I took it really seriously. Like having heard her say that to me, I took it really seriously that I knew that this storyline was coming up with a younger actor. And that he must be protected at all times, yes. and that there was a duty of care to him, and that it was done really sensitively. Because, as you said at the beginning, you know that young lad had to go out onto the street, yeah, and I think they waited until story. he turned sixteen. Yeah, actually sixteen in real life, and he had to go out there and basically, you know, have the finger pointed at him, literally, yeah. like you know, oh my god, you're this and you're that, and he was sixteen at the time, and I think. I felt genuinely really uh, privileged that they they trusted me Trust with that yeah, storyline. And also with, you know, working with a young actor in that capacity as well, because that's a huge responsibility. Oh, it is, yeah. It's a and huge for a lot for him to take on yeah. as well, isn't it? So it was, it, was, um, it was interesting. And it was, uh, it, I learned so much from that storyline. Because again, as we've said, I went away and researched the hell out of it. Yeah, like yeah. mad. And all kinds of different things to try and understand why, what different just different like thought processes and stuff and it was you know to to be leaving on that note was um really quite 
I can't say exciting because that's not the no, right word, but it, is, but well, it, it no, was a privilege, yeah. I think. That's the only way I can put it. I think whenever it. you do a story that can influence or have an effect on people outside is great, you know. Yeah. It's like, because you just feel like you're doing something a bit more, not that television isn't valuable, as we've learned during lockdown, but when well, you can well, put well, a message it. across, it's And we great. were the first people, Emmerdale was the first um, show to do that kind of storyline pre-Watershed. So that we were the absolute first to have and done And after that. you left, actually, I think one of the most powerful stories they've done is obviously then Jacob yeah. having the teacher. Yeah. Relate, which was incredible, actually, I thought. That was yeah. the one I watched thinking, oh, I would have loved to be part of it. Probably the only story since I've left that I've gone, oh, that's amazing, actually. And then again, a credit to Joe. You yes, know, totally. That was amazing for him. And I've, I personally felt incredibly proud of like how he'd matured yeah. and what he brought to that storyline. Well, I think, for, and grow. honestly, you and Matthew were to credit for that as well, how he grew up wow. as an actor there. Thank Do you. Know what I mean? you. So, um, okay, so we're going to talk just, so you, we're going to go on to you in a second, but you left, obviously, to spend more time with Freddie. Was it, it's obviously always, I mean, for me as well, it's always a hard decision, isn't it, to leave something you know you probably could be in for years. Yeah, I mean, it was... It, <sighs> Ultimately, and you, and you know me really well anyway, so ultimately for me, you know, I needed to see my child. Yeah. I was oh, yeah. becoming very miserable there. I was becoming very unhappy. And all I kept thinking was, I'm in this place and I'm unhappy. And yet I, I really want to be at home with yeah. my my little boy who was just coming up to three then. And, I, and you know, he was like going to his daddy all the time. He didn't want me. And when he was crying, he'd just go to his dad. And I just felt... So I'm not quite fulfilling this role at home and then I'm equally a bit miserable at work. Yeah. So I'm in this really icky place. And I just felt now was the right time to go, if any. Um, but obviously it was hard. You know, it was a difficult yeah. decision oh, oh, to make. Um, but, but yeah, I just felt like... And I don't regret it. You know, I do know that for me personally, it, the way that I am as a mum... 100% it was the right thing for me to do at that point and in my life. And everything happens for a reason, I think. Yeah. I think you just know, I've always had this luckily in my career, you know when it's time to move on. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You yeah, just yeah get it's like an intuition, feeling. isn't it? But let's talk about you. So you were born in 1981. It's fine saying that for you because you're still young. Oh. Okay, you're younger than me. Oh, so annoying. Uh, <laughs> in Bradford. Where in Bradford? So, um... In, in, so in St. Luke's oh, Hospital. Oh, so, yeah. yeah. In St. Luke's Hospital where I filmed The Royal, That's, yeah. That is amazing. So did you always, were you like a kid who was wanting to sing and dance and... Yeah, I had a really tough upbringing. My mum had me at 17, my dad was 16, so they were babies. And then they separated like in their early, like late teens, so I think mum, dad 19 or something, mum 20. And then my mum basically was a single mum on her own um, whilst my dad went off and did various other bits and bobs. Um, and then it was my granddad really and my nana that brought me up. But, right. but my granddad more than anyone was the like the light of my life because... That's so weird actually. This is probably the first time we said that we're so similar probably yeah. because of that. Yeah. So I was a single parent and it was my granddad who I always says was yeah. an angel. And this is the thing. It's like my granddad's life was musicals and was old school musicals. So like your Fred, Ginger, you know, Gene Kelly, Rita Hayworth, Vivian Lee, all those old, old megastars. That's what I was brought up on yeah. basically. Every night after school, he, he his library, he had a video library of over a thousand Oh my God. VHSs. Yeah, yeah, honest to God, like if you walked into a library, but they were all VHS and he had like pen pals all over the world. Oh, wow, he had, amazing. Yeah, so that and, and he loved art and literature and talked to me about Van Gogh and talked to me about Mozart, all kinds of different stuff. So that really fueled my imagination. And because, 
you know, living in Bradford in the 1980s, it was a very bleak, very awful yeah, time. Sure. We were really poor. It was like me and my mum in this little tiny flat. It's very industrial, isn't it? Yeah, very, very industrial, it's very not like cold. Where you, yeah. Also, because we lived quite high Probably up. Probably not many. Did you have theatre groups and stuff? Not, no. Well, not. we did actually in, in Bradford. That's what I became part of later on. So, But in the very early part, it was always freezing cold. And it was always... You know, we didn't have central heating. I mean, that hasn't changed. No. We, had, <laughs> we didn't have central heating. We had icicles on the windows. It oh was It God. was brutal. But inside my house, especially with my granddad, it was filled with magic. And I just remember I wanted to be part of that. And so my mum took me to a little dance class. Um, and then eventually my granddad took over and took me to the ballet and the tap and stuff. And then I ended up falling into what's what everyone would know now up here as Scala Kids. So Scala Kids have, you know, bred some of the most incredible actors from this area. Um, they've all gone on to work on so many different projects. But so I ended up as a Scala Kid. And then I went to a school called Intake High School in Leeds, which, you know, so many, again, amazing people. James Thornton went oh, there. Okay. Yeah, so James Thornton went there. Melanie Brown from the Spice Girls went there. Angela Griffin went so there. So anyone famous so in the basically, North, basically, yeah. Well, what we laughed about is because we would say that... Well, that's, had Sylvia Young in London. Well, that was it. Yeah. That was it. Basically, we had Sylvia Youngs, and you'd pay a fortune to go there, or you were a poor kid, yeah, and you went, and you went for 40 quid well, to intake high school. Life. I mean, that's exactly. why I bought a house here. <laughs> yeah, so, so I ended up at intake. I could be in a shed in London, or this house. Well, this is it. I mean, beautiful house. Yeah, so we went, so I ended up going to intake and at intake my I met the bestest group of friends in the world who are still my dearest friends to this day I had incredible teachers who nurtured me pushed me and then and that's kind of how my career started um but yeah it was my granddad really that and then you've got an amazing I actually found this oh what have you done now (laughs) stop being hellish I found a bit of you singing I was trying no it's not it's amazing I was trying to find something that's lot from a big TV show that I need copyright for. So this I found from a cruise ship of you singing, oh which is incredible. Oh my God. Oh no. It's amazing. What you want, baby, I got it. What you need, you know I got it. Oh, don't ask your baby. I mean, incredible. Oh. I mean, you've always said you've got an incredible voice because you were in the Amadel band for a bit, weren't you? I was, yeah. Was it called Edna Burr? It was called, was it Edna's? No, what were you called? Edna's Hat. Edna's Hat, yeah. Yeah, I feel like we're back on quiz. I know, sorry, yeah. (laughs) Edna's Hat, but you were, yeah. I mean, you've always said, and what I looked, when I was looking up you singing and stuff, I didn't realise you were on Pop Idol. How did you not know this? I didn't know yeah. that. Oh my god, that is such so a So I saw you in story. front of Simon Cow and everyone, yeah. and you sang Hero. Amazingly, I, I thought I better not play that because I won't never be able to use it. <laughs> I get sued by Simon Cow, but I didn't know that. I was like, yeah. how did I not know that? Yeah. So when I was at, because um, then I went to the Liverpool Institute, which was the Lipper um, College. So I was there for three years doing my drama and. and musical theatre degree and basically during that time you know pop stars had been on like so pop stars had been the year before and like Kim and everybody else had been on that and Suzanne and then I was in America and my mum rang me and she went so I've entered you into this competition I went what are you on about she went it's called Pop Idol and it's so Pop Idol hadn't started no no no. so they'd had pop stars oh yeah they'd had pop stars and pop stars arrivals so I think no pop Pop stars arrivals came after oh did it oh Oh, because that was Girls Aloud yes but there were two separate companies I think as well I'm sure Maybe they weren't, but but even still, so my mum rang me, she went, it's for soloists, you know, so I went to Jane and went, what have you done that for? And then anyway, I came back and it's so funny because... I and so took, that was the first series of it? That was the very first series wow. with Will Young and oh, with so the Gareth one that they Bates. Won. Okay, yeah. yeah, the one we were on. But um, and I kind of, 
knocked off college to go for those auditions and I got into so much trouble. But I got my agent from it. So oh, my wow, agent okay. signed me. So where did you cut? Did you get through to... I got through to... So at that time they had um, what's called the final 50. Right. And then they had heats of 10 every week. So in my fifty, in my ten, I came third, so I missed out on the final oh. ten by one place. And you know, there's a, a, a young man called um, it was Will Young, I think his name was. That <laughs> oh, and me. he was in your heat. <laughs> yeah, and he went on How to win it. <laughs> <laughs> but but you know, it, these things happen, and I was lucky to have done it because it got me my agent. And oh, so, and again, everything happens for a reason. Yeah. It's probably life could have been. I mean, how many people actually have won those shows and gone on to nothing? Actually, well, this is it. And also, I just felt I wasn't ready. You know what we're yes. talking about with yeah, fame, yeah, yeah, yeah. being yeah. younger. I was 19 at the time oh, and I'd I already... Never, I would never suggest anyone enters into the music industry at that age. And especially at that time. Yes. It was, you know... Oh, you were worked was, like a yeah, dog. Yeah, and it was absolutely incredible, like the level of fame as well. It yes, was, yeah, yeah. It was press intrusion and all kinds of stuff. And having already experienced that on The Biz, which is what I did for the BBC when I was 15... Um, it fame frightened me yeah, and I yeah, didn't yeah. really like it and I still don't really no, like anything like that. Yeah, I yeah. think it's a really hard balance, isn't it? Because it's like saying with the podcast and stuff, part of you want, you obviously want to promote stuff yeah. but then you don't want to promote stuff to make yourself, like, I don't want to be famous. Yeah, you just want to be comfortable. <laughs> yeah, you want to be comfortable but you need to promote stuff so it's that really fine line, isn't it's it? It's hard, Between it's what's, really hard. Yeah, um, and like you said, the, probably, well that was the first year and probably no one knew how big that was going to be until yeah, the end of that year. Absolutely. So you could have won it and then be like, oh God. I know. Well, I mean, you know, you, you, even from Will Young's conversations that he's had with people, you see how it affected him. Oh, totally. You know? I mean, look at, yeah. I mean, most pop stars. That's why I always say in a big fact, people listening is you should watch like the Whitney Houston documentary, but it's not all as exactly. uh, far from bells and whistles. Mm-hmm, Do you know what I mean? So, uh, so that was, and I was going to say to you actually, right. So you've got so much TV uh, before Emmerdale that I was going to test you on can you remember the names of the people you played okay go so on so the biz uh, Francesca yes uh, I never know how to say the beginning word of this Del- De- Delzy and Pasco Del and Pasco not Justine Joanne oh no you were Nurse Corby I've got no that's wrong I was oh is that wrong oh okay so Joanne Holby City Justine yes Wire in the Blood Oh no, that's Joanne. That's Joanne. That's, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. that's Joanne Relton. Thinking that's... she's so cocky. Yeah, look that. at me, and I'm like, oh god, all my research is wrong. Well, actually, Natalie. Yeah, you're. <laughs> uh, and then the Royal, which oh is... Stella. And you were in the Royal for three years. Now I, I went to Scarborough. So where is the hospital? Is it on the seafront? Yes. No, it's it's a bit. It's kind of on the cliffside, but if you go past the Esplanade, yeah, and you go all the way past the Crown Hotel, right, just as you the cliff's about to turn. There's um there's like a it's an old people's flats actually. Oh okay now. Yeah, it's where the St Aidan's Hospital was. That was the most magical job ever. I know. Time. Well, anyone that I know who did Heartbeat up here or the Royal, yeah, they always say it was the most <gasps> amazing time because they it was almost like old school of telly. Yeah, everyone it was. used to go. You used to all be given per diems yeah. to stay. And it was eat amazing. And... It was so special, and I'll treasure that forever and ever and ever. It was just. It was magic, and because it was set in the sixties as well. Sixties, that's what I was going to say. It was, it was something just so special and nostalgic about it. It was brilliant. And so, because I never did, I was supposed to do Heartbeat, and then it got cancelled. Oh, <laughs> so annoying! But I was always like, "What's it like? Do you? 
Is it like literally in Scarborough, you've just got one little bit transformed into 1960s? Yeah, so like... You'll have like a few cars and a few... Yeah, so, well, well for me, it was really odd because obviously we, we were between two studios. So we had, um, sorry, we had interiors, which were all the hospital. And which where was, was that? So that was in Bradford. Oh, that was in so Bradford. Li- that was at the old where Emma Jo used to be, was it? I think. No, so that was at the that was at St. Luke's Hospital. Oh, okay. So oh, right, okay. The hospital, like I said, where I was born. Ah, so you have was... one part of the hospital where I'd go and see friends and family if they were sick. And then the... <laughs> Then you'd be part, filming around the corner. Honest to God, that's no word of a lie. Yeah, the other part where it was this disused maternity unit and then they literally transformed it. So when you went in, it was like going back in time. Wow. It was incredible. Oh, I love the idea and of that. everything was so beautiful. I mean... So many of like the art department on Emmerdale had worked on, on the Royal yes, as well. And yeah. it was just magical. Um, and then we did all the exteriors out in Scarborough. And that's what really was just so beautiful because we'd film out of this hospital. There were only tiny parts of this building that we could, could use. use. We couldn't yeah. actually go in. So we were literally oh, like, right, okay, it was freezing. So whenever we weren't being used, we were sat in cars. Oh, God, freezing. right. Yeah, oh, no. It was really cold because <laughs> our unit base was like miles away. Oh, right, So okay. we were at Oliver's Mount, which was miles away. So we'd all, you know, do you know them people carrier type cars? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'd yeah, all be sat in there yeah. waiting to go on. <laughs> um, but what was amazing was like some of the shots that we did um, Scarborough, you know, when it's all twinkly and the lights are beautiful oh, yeah. and we'd have like all our old fashioned costumes oh, on and then they'd set it up and we did one um, episode where we were on a boat and it was Christmas and all the twinkly lights were everywhere and everyone was like, all dressed up in these 60s I outfits. Know, the clothes were amazing. Yeah, and old school champagne glasses and music playing and then we did another episode where the pier collapsed and oh my God, it was brilliant. Well, Scarborough's one of those because Kath was obviously in Scarborough, yeah. the show as well, and it is one of those places that just has, I mean, to be honest, when you go down to the to promenade, it's a bit... Well, I bit, think it's still got charm. But it has got no, charm. It's, it's like Brighton. It's, yeah. it's one of those places that's amazing. So yeah. to work there must have been incredible. And you work with some brilliant people in the cast. Oh my so God, Wendy amazing. Craig, Wendy Craig, yeah. Who's obviously a legend. Yeah. Was Glynis in it when you were in it? Glynis, Glynis wasn't. Glynis came, I left and then Glynis and then she came. came in. Neil yeah. McFadden. So Neil McDermott. No, Neil McDermott, yeah, sorry. Yeah, Neil McDermott came in for a bit. We kind of, no, I think he came in after me actually. Oh, did he? I was I'm sure there were a couple of people that we knew. Robert Kavanagh was in it. And then Obviously Bob um, Dawes. Rob, oh my God, yeah, who's amazing. So who we, yeah. I love Bob Dawes. Um, so Amy Robbins. Who oh, is, Amy Robbins, yeah. of course. Yeah. Amy's amazing. Who's his wife? Yes, and then Scott Taylor. So Scott came into oh, Emmerdale. Oh, Aaron's carer. Yeah, Jackson's carer. Jackson's carer. <laughs> <laughs> I love this correcting. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. Um, so yeah, um, so he came in. Uh, so Scott was the ambulance driver and then we had Mickey Stark brilliant Mickey Stark uh, Andy Weir who also came into Emmerdale for a bit and we had Linda as well oh we just had such an amazing cast yeah it was a but what was amazing show. was there was only 13 of us ever at anyone like that was the whole cast oh wow so it was tiny and we all did everything together yeah so it was just this Oh, Michelle, obviously, Michelle Hardwick as well. Oh, so of we, course. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Michelle was in it, and we, we just all used to spend all our time, and it was like being on a little holiday. It well, that's amazing. why, I mean, that's why drama's amazing, isn't it? People that don't know, when you go on location, you're all in the same hotels, yeah. and it's like, it's it just so fun. nice, isn't it? It's like your own little, what now could be used to, it was like a support bubble. Yeah, basically. Wasn't it? Yeah, your yeah, own yeah. support bubble. So uh, then you obviously went, I mean, loads of things we could mention. You went into uh, Wicked in the West yeah. End, which again must have been a dream come true, especially the biggest show I mean yeah. it's still big but at that time yeah it was I was like the third lot of cast to go in which and it was a, yeah massive because it started with uh, Adina Menzel yeah it was um, 
it was just incredible that that whole experience because you know and dream- how did that come about did, did you have a long yeah audition no no it wasn't that? a long audition process actually again it was really quick but I'd gone in funnily enough I'd come out of the royal and then I was doing my album at the time then so I'd self-funded and self produced my um, album and set up my own record label as you casually do as you casually do and then in that time um the recession hit oh, and so I'd really struggled obviously like financially with that and you know there's no secret about that at all and and so I'd kind of rang my agent and I said oh I need to get back to work because you know it's been really tough um and so I'd gone in for Roxy Hart okay. and Vondler in oh, Spring Awakening Right. right. So one was 15 and one was what early 30s, shall we say? Roxy, or, or, yeah, yeah, yeah. mid 20s. So I'd gone in for these two, <laughs> two roles. Two yeah. Roles, yeah. So, but got right down to the like last two for both of them. And then I got a call saying, oh, she's too old for this one and she's too young oh, for that no. one. And I was devastated. I was so devastated. But then not long after, about a couple of months later, the same people that would produce Spring Awakening had, were producing Wicked. Ah, uh, okay. And so they rang and said, Oh, can we see Natalie um, for for this Nessa, character? You yeah, Vanessa. Yeah. yeah. So, can we see Natalie Vanessa? And I went in, and literally, I went in, went in on the Friday, went back on the Monday, and by the following Friday, they'd offered me the job. Oh wow! So it was really quick. And so, was that your first West End? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, what so, was it like being? Because I always say to people, like Linus even said. Like when you go to the theatre and you've got your picture outside, oh, it's, and it's like a dream for anyone. Yeah, I think it is a dream. It was it was tainted slightly in the sense that I knew I was having to move from home. Yes, and, you of know, course. And yeah. I just got married, so that yeah. was quite scary. I was I was a bit nervous to be and going off on quite my scary. It is scary. Way. I'm yeah. a Yorkshire. You know, you know me. Yeah, I know. Yeah, and yeah. I'm like, oh. And it's so, also a different life, the theatre, because yeah. you're not living the life that anyone else is in London. You're working every night. And, and exactly. sleeping in the day and not having, I think that must, that's what always scares me, it must be the weirdest thing. It is, and, and, and I was used to telling, you know, I was so yeah, used which to telling, which yeah. is like six o'clock in the morning. And also, you can't relax, so. I think, it takes hours to yeah, wind down after the show. Yeah, it does. And that's the thing is that body clock thing for me was a bit odd as well. And, you know, again, trying to kind of chat to James where yeah. his times were different to mine. So did he used to just have to come down to London to see you? Well, either that or I would basically, I didn't really have much of a life. You only had Monday off or something, didn't you? I only Sunday had off. Monday off, so. Uh, Sunday off, sorry. Sunday off. So I would finish the show at like half past ten, and there were no trains back until nine o'clock the next morning. Oh, so annoying. Yeah, so I had to wait until nine, get the train, get home, and then be back onto another train back to London on the Monday. Oh, that's so I really didn't tough. even really have twenty four hours no. at home. Um, and if he came down on a Friday, I'd have a double show on a Saturday. Yeah. So it was always and he's like, I'm not watching it again. <laughs> again, yeah, I've seen it like how many times? So then he'd be in London on his own. Yeah, so yeah, it yeah. So it was tough, and I was definitely ready to finish at the end. And because um, you're a lead, did you get given digs, or did you still have to find digs? Uh, no, I found them, but thankfully I was days. with my best friend because she got cast in The Lion King at the same time. Oh, amazing. So I was like, right, let's get an apartment together. And that was brilliant. Because be that fair. always sounds like even big stars still need to oh, find their yeah. own digs. Yeah, so we, I started to get my own apartment and everything, which we did, me and Carleen, who's one of my bestest friends ever. And I'd lived with her before, actually. Oh, brilliant. Oh, so that made it easy. Yeah, so that made it easy. Not easier. No, but like also she'd been part of our family. You know, she's really, um, really good mates with James. So that again, it wasn't like... She was part of our family, yeah, if you yeah, see yeah. what I mean. And then what happens when you take over from a casting? Because obviously the show's still running. Yes. So how does it work? So basically you you rehearse during the day and the cast are obviously doing their thing at night. And right, oh, okay. And then when you come in to rehearse during the day, it's very specific actually because everything, you have things set your way, like 
me as an actor, I would have to have my my wheelchair because I was necessary. <laughs> yeah. A, a certain like oh, of course. The way but then it was the other done. Person, yeah, yeah, but then it has to go back to how the other person has it, and then eventually you just they phase it in, and then when they're, they're cast, so to the actors who are in it. In the cars for that are staying, it need to come and rehearse with you in the day as well. Is yeah, it like double? So, yeah, sometimes they do. Yeah, it depends on what which roles. But I think by the time we were either that or the covers, right? The covers. Okay. Because the thing about the theatre is, and especially a big show like Wicked or you know your Les Mis or anything, it's basically I used to say it was like McDonald's. Oh yeah, it's one in one that, out. But also everything, every single resident director will know exactly where you're supposed to stand at any one time. Yes. So, I would always pretty much end up in the same place as Cassie Compton would, right, would okay. come after me because we were all supposed to hit the same mark pretty much at any one time for the lighting. And did you watch there? Did you watch consciously not watch like the person before you playing Nessa? No, we had to kind of watch. The, oh, we had did? to watch right, the show okay. to get. Um, we were told like we had to go in and watch the show. Totally well, just so that you've got an idea of yeah. like when when we're coming into rehearsals of what again what's expected of you. That that was something I really struggled with with was not having the freedom yeah. to kind of really embellish a character or really um, take it in a different direction. Yeah, I suppose whoever's first in there, that's obviously what's amazing about being yeah, first in there. exactly. Because I've seen a few shows when they've been recast, and actually, you're right. I go and I think, was it someone different? Do you know what I mean? It well, is. that's it, because they don't want... Because when people are paying that kind of money, they, they want, want to, to see exactly... Yeah. yeah, they want it to be exactly as it was. So that it's the same version that's on Broadway, that's in London, that's wherever. And so you don't really have the freedom. I mean, I remember having conversations with my um, resident director, Petra, at the time, going, so what about <laughs> like, yeah. what about this? What about this for a bit of Sorry, character? Sorry, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry, but... Well, the, fun, like, no. the worst of it was my dressing room was right bang smack next to the resident director's oh, God. office. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's so what's like, changed. They were like, yeah. don't let the person... But you know, the other thing I used to do, as well as she used to laugh, was because I'd have, co- I'd have outfits, you know, if we were ever able to go out like after work which would normally be a Wednesday um, because we'd have a Thursday off so she'd, she'd, I'd go in and that, that was where the full length mirror was and she'd out forever be going in in a different <laughs> outfit oh my god that's hilarious so, like... and did you used to go there was one bar in London I can't remember where it was at all the theatres we used to go to well, there was the stag, which was a oh, notorious. Yes, yeah. That was notorious for letting that you stay out went. until five o'clock with a sticky floor. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, we'll move on to now. Obviously, you've got your own amazing podcast, which you've really helped me with my podcast. Thank you. Uh, the Capsule in Conversation, which goes up with your website, yes. uh, The Capsule, which is fashion, beauty and lifestyle. I mean, tell me how that came about. God, well. Oof, that's a short right. story. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Yeah, it, I can't really give you a short story. It, it was a blog, a fashion blog. Yeah. I was writing for Hello at the time while whilst I was at Emmerdale doing blogging and fashion yeah. and stuff. And then that kind of wrapped up that the... And almost the, when you did that, that was kind of almost the start of blogs, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It was. Yeah, 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 definitely that. And I was blogging really about being a mum. That's kind of what they'd asked me to do, was yeah. blog about being a new mum. But I, there was all kinds of different other things that I wanted to do. And, you know, I love fashion, you know I do and stuff. And so I started this like little blog on the side that I would dip into and dip out of when I was on tour or anything like that. Um, and then in 2018, when I'd come off of Fat Friends, Freddie had struggled at school with me being away. And so I just was like, right, I need to be in one place. And... I thought he was Freddie Plintop then, who was in. <laughs> no, but he was in. Yeah, he was in. He was in. No, he wasn't in the school. Yeah. <laughs> My Freddie, my Freddie, yeah, because he was just like his mum wasn't there, and he was at a funny age. He was like six at school, 
um, and as much as he joined me a lot on tour. So I just wanted to be at home in one place. Yeah. And I thought, right, what can I really do that keeps me here for long periods of time? What can I throw my energy into? And I thought, if I've got a business always going, you know, and always yeah, there, yeah. then I'll be able to dip in and dip out of other projects, smaller projects that I want to do maybe. So that's what I decided to really focus on that and kind of build it. And rather than it just be about fashion, I took it in much more of a well-being um, direction because I wanted to meet people and I'd seen that, you know, I know this sounds absolutely ridiculous, but I'd seen Gwyneth Paltrow had developed Goop. Yes, And she yeah, was yeah, doing, in yeah. Goop, you know, like in Goop Health, these amazing summits. She'd launched this podcast, you know, the Goop, like Goop Talks yeah, and Goop yeah, Fellas yeah, yeah, and yeah. stuff. And I just thought, well, she's an actress and, you know, and she's, you know, producing other things as well now and she's writing and she's got this other business and, and genuinely, I thought, well, I'll just give it a whirl and see what yeah. happens. And, and the first year, bloody hell, it just grew so quickly. Yeah, and yours, way, it did. Way, way quicker than I ever anticipated. And then obviously with 2020, the way that it unfolded, everything went online, everything went into podcasts and stuff. And I was already kind of ahead of that. I know you are really lucky with this. I yeah. kind of joined just yeah, so as got, everyone else is yeah. joining. But. So I would already kind of had been putting the foundations down. Yeah. And so... 2020 in a lot of ways forced me to really focus on the business and grow it um and then yeah so that's the short story and it's amazing because yours <laughs> I think yours and Sophie Ellis Bex's was set which you say about you first blogging about the mum because that's obviously what Sophie Ellis yeah. podcast is about mm-hmm. spinning plates which is why I started doing because I thought oh that's how I want to do it like yeah. yours is kind of similarish in terms of it's like sitting down with a cup of tea and listening it is to, and I think the, the, the women that because mine's, mine's all women women yeah yeah I think we've had one guy on there I think there, mine but, is actually because I've got so many more girlfriends and guy friends quite <laughs> <laughs> men yeah but yeah with, with, the, with the women because it's about women's well-being yeah. is the capsule is that's the what pretty much the whole focus is and so the women that I speak to all tend to have like a really amazing story or they can bring something to the table whether it's as an, an, an entrepreneur or whether it's as a life coach yeah. or a you know nutritionist or something or a writer I had Kay Meller on there which was incredible oh, that was amazing yeah. and you know that all those female stories of empowerment and, and you great. know of yeah. survival as that's kind of what, what I've done with it. Which is amazing. And obviously now, so you need to listen to the capsule uh, and forget Fern's happy place. Oh, <laughs> no, because that's mean, amazing. Be fair, but she's gone crazy. I know, she? and I was a bit like, oh, oh hell, Fern. Well, we said to each other at the beginning, because I was like, oh my God, I'm in the TV. And you're you're in like the yeah. hardest category ever. Yes. Because so many people are doing that. And now yes. obviously my category is <laughs> like, oh, not sure I'll ever get to number four again. But uh, so you've got that. And then obviously you've got, you write and produce, you've got your own, a different podcast. Yes. Which is with Jodie and Neil, who now yeah. I luckily know as well. And you've got your own company with them. Yes. That's, we've done some exciting things. So yeah, yeah tell me how that's <gasps> developing. Oh my God, it's so exciting. So House in the Road, that's yeah. our, com- our company's House in the Road Productions. And basically, so I met G- Jodie and Neil on Fat Friends. This Friends is Jodie Pranger and, and Neil, what's Neil his Hurst. Neil yeah. Hurst. Yeah. So I who met- I keep seeing at the moment in that advert with Sean Bean. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's so hilarious. All the time. Yeah, so and I- Jodie, obviously, West End legend and amazing. Absolutely. My best friend. Yeah, <laughs> even so, I've got a girl crush on her. Yeah, she's she, a, yeah. she's awesome and yeah. she's so lovely. And like, I met Neil and Jodie on Fat Friends, so we were on tour doing the musical, and we just became such good buddies and were such a weird little trio because you oh, know, but like, it so works. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's, we were just bonkers, the three of us. And then Jodie writes, Neil's writing. Jodie and I wrote a project whilst we were working on Fat Friends um, that is 
hopefully not no, too yeah, far away yeah, from being yeah, in yeah, fruition. Exactly, yeah, right. so, and we've written that project and then Jody and Neil had done some stuff and so had we. We then did another podcast and we just decided we should pull everything together, together yeah. and we should form this production company and which we have done and we're just working on so many different projects at the minute which, which is, is so exciting yeah it's really exciting i think what this year has done has really proved that people you know lots of people have you know however you wanted to cope with it lots of people have sat back but yeah, it's given you that motivation actually so much can be done from home and yeah. so much can yeah. be done yourself yeah. you know i kind of knew that but it gave me, I don't think I would have done it if I was in full-time work traveling as I you was to Ireland every you week. I wouldn't have started it. a podcast. You have to sit there and you have to have the time to really sit back and, and focus. And also, if you've got things at your disposal, i.e. you've now got a, a full setup for recording. Yeah. Now, when you've got that, you can dip in and dip out. You could do live streams for Instagram. Yeah, you could totally. do anything that's ready for you to go that you just go... Oh my god, I've got an idea. Let's just let's yes, just do it now. Yes, I know now. it's amazing, isn't it? And that spirals, and you know the power of Zoom. Even well, the fact that one of the projects that I worked on with you, we did like a pilot over Zoom yeah. didn't we, with all the actors. Which normally, getting the level of actors we've got for that project, yeah. you go, you would never you'd have never got them get on the, Zoom. Never, Every, ever someone would have been in, you know, in Italy. Someone, yeah. everyone was just sat at home. And this was it, and it was amazing, wasn't it, to get all those people together? And, oh, you incredible! Know, to kind that read, of, the first read through was like, this is crazy. I was like, I picked up the phone to Jodie. I was like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god! Yeah. Like, literally, I remember you said to the cast and I was like, oh look, oh bless them. Do you <laughs> know what I mean? <laughs> Hoping to get them, you were like, no, we've actually got them. No, actually, Lee, this is they're true. connecting. Like, oh my god! Yeah, okay. we're just when me and Kat did the play this only last year, which is coming back in March, everyone on Street Theatre, but um, and hopefully in a theatre as well. But yeah, we were like, right, this is who we want, and everyone said yes. It's made people just reevaluate what they do and why they do it. I think everyone wants to give a bit of karma back now as well. Do you know what I mean? Good yeah. karma and feel like they're doing something good as well. I think as well, I you know me, Mealy, in the sense that I've always liked to diversify and I've yeah. always liked to have my hands in different ways. Oh, you're an inspiration because you are, like, you are a goer. Like, yeah, literally, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> like, and I've always liked to try and, you know, throw my energy into stuff and you just don't know what's going to happen unless no. if you say no to things... Well, at some point, someone's going to go, okay, well, we won't bother you then. Yes. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, You've got to yeah. keep kind of saying, actually, let's just see. Keep let's knocking just... on the door and saying, yeah. sorry, can I sorry. come back? But yeah. Sorry, can I come back in there now? <laughs> well, like, that's, that's the key to get for this podcast is that never give up <laughs> and always just apologise before you ask for anything. Yes. And then people can't say no. <laughs> well, <laughs> but listen, so we always end on now, we end on a snog, marry, avoid from Emmerdale. <gasps> okay. Oh my God, okay. So the characters you've got are Kane Dingle, Marlon Dingle and Paddy Kirk. Oh, okay. Um... Oh God! I know. Um, oh, Mary, Mary, oh, Mary Paddy. Yes, Mary yeah, Paddy. I would say yeah. Avoid Kane. Sorry, but he's trouble. Yeah, and snog Marlon. Yeah. To be fair, Marlon's actually done most of the village. Can as well, I just tell you though? I actually thought at some point I thought Alicia Marlon pairing would have been brilliant. Yeah. Well, he's got together with most people. <laughs> But anyway, now it's amazing to have spoken to you. Thanks so thank much you, for coming darling. on. Thanks and for having me. See you very soon. Thanks so much to Natalie Anderson for being a guest on the podcast. I'll let you in on a secret because I record these over months and months and months. Me and Natalie actually recorded that before Christmas when the Christmas tree was up in the house. And I've been in the house every day since. Anyway, thank you to David Stevens, the Bothy, for their edit and technical wizardry. And for the first time, if you're wondering who David is, he's one of my best mates. He lives in Ireland, brilliant editor. And follow the Bothy on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook to find out more. Also, of course, follow Soap from the Box and catch up with me all week. Thanks also to Ian McCallum for his press and PR help. Next week, we have two more guests. And of course, there's another guest to listen to right now. Listen and enjoy. Stay safe. Have a good week. Hold up. 